Welcome to the Bloom Podcast, Human Stories of Resilience. And I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording today and paying my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who might be listening. Hey, Susie. Hey, Steve. And we're back in the room, as they say in the classics. Is the classics Austin Powers by any chance? (laughs) Yeah, baby, it certainly is. (laughs) And I I can get away with it because you introduced Austin Powers, so it wasn't even me. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing answering requests. I think I might know you too well. Any excuse, (laughs) any excuse. But we are, we are back. We are back for our 76th series of whatever it's called. Yeah, and it's really nice to dust off the microphone and... Have, how long have we been doing this? Is it a year or two years? So I think we started in the first year of the lockdown, so 17 years, I think. Is that right? I honestly, time has been doing this weird thing for me. I feel like the last couple of years has gone forever and also gone in a flash. I'm very confused about how long ago anything happened. It's just, it's been this weird distortion thing. Oh, yeah. When So someone said to me, you know, it was during the third lockdown and I've, I've that's, lost me completely got no idea when any of that was it's all one sort of messy blur for me I wonder if there will come a time when we can look back and it can be the the pandemic years and we will be beyond this it doesn't feel like we're ever going to get beyond this now do you think don't you feel like things are beginning to come back now maybe I've got a sort of a PTSD I feel like we're just waiting for the new variant and then we'll be all back in with the masks and the inside of our house and people keep on catching it and having to isolate, you know, the whole bit. It's just... um... Well, thanks, Debbie Downer. Thank you. (laughs) Well, this is a podcast about resilience and um, I sound a bit and I feel a bit like I'm not feeling it. So maybe that's what we're doing here. Well, you know me. I never like to sound flippant but I always do. But I, I don't want to be flippant about it because I I'm I have this sense that an awful lot of people have, it's cost them an awful lot. You know, you think about people dying alone and, and all of the things that have been lost and all of that. So I'm acutely aware of that. But I hope that, as you say, we can feel that we're beginning to get back to the new normal, whatever that is. I think all of us have paid a price some much larger than others but for everybody it's we've we've made it through but only just yeah and we probably have it in common it's something that we've been through it's almost like going through a you know a wartime together or whatever that we we share this we've all had different experiences of it as well though and different reactions to it anyway i wasn't actually intending to talk about this i don't know how that happened <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine why that was on your mind <laughs> but we've got a podcast to do now i am sure i gave you some homework Do you remember the homework? Have you done the homework? Yes and no, in that order. I remember the homework. I was to have sourced and watched Sliding Doors, a movie that I refer to with distressing frequency, particularly since I've never actually watched the blooming thing. I nearly did. I I didn't really, but that feels like the sort of thing you're supposed to say about a Sliding Doors movie. (laughs) Oh, you nearly did, but a door closed another one opened. (laughs) It had School of Chocolate on the other side and you went with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but the relevance of that, the relevance of my undone homework, would you like to put the two together with the new season? The moment I knew. Mm. So we're talking this season about a moment 
that change lives, our lives, that of our guests. So often in the interviews that we've done, we've heard people remembering, sometimes with great clarity, a particular moment when they discovered something or lost something or something happened to them that became absolutely one of those sliding doors <laughs> moments, you know, when life changes forever. That That is not what the movie is about, Steve. It's it? no, okay. it's, it's got a zombie invasion. <laughs> it's got Prince Albert and it has a whole sequence on the South Pole. So you should go and watch this movie before and, and you'll, be referencing it in quite a different way and you'll t- you could take that slightly irritated look off your face every time i refer to it in the wrong way i have a moment that didn't change my life hang on who's missing the point now yeah I, but i want to talk about the sliding doors moment because that the idea is it's just in the blink of an eye your life can go in this direction or that direction right mm. so what about when it doesn't what about the near misses What about the times when something almost happens, but it doesn't quite? I started thinking about this. If we drive carelessly and we don't kill someone, that's good, obviously. If we drive carelessly and we do kill someone, then there are usually criminal charges and all the rest of it. But our behaviour is not that different from the first one. We can see, obviously, why you can't lock everybody up and we've all had moments of inattention or whatever when something terrible could have occurred. And I don't know how you'd police it. And I'm sure we can all see all the reasons why we don't enforce that. But you are absolutely right. You know, there's all the difference in the world in the in the outcome. If you wake up in the morning with a bit of a hangover and you woozily remember that you drove home last night because you couldn't get an Uber. And as far as you can tell, when you look at the car in the garage, there's no marks on it. So you seem to have got away with it. And you waking up in a prison cell because you've killed a child or something and yet the behaviour is just as culpable. Yeah, and I don't understand how our legal system deals with that. That's one thing, of course. You you couldn't go locking people up for near misses. But do people carry the same guilt and horror about something that almost happened but didn't through no fault of their own. You're going somewhere with this. I'm, I can tell. You You want to say... No, I don't I don't know that I am, actually. I mean, I've got a couple of examples of things that almost happened. One is when I used to joke about, you know, finest parenting moments. You've got the the row of badges on the, on the mantelpiece. I remember when my son was very small, so he could sit up, but he... Could he crawl? Maybe he could crawl, but he couldn't walk. And I had him in an office and I gave the floor a quick scan and couldn't see anything. So I popped him on the floor and I was talking to somebody. And then I looked down and I could see there was something strange happening in, he was chewing on something. And I thought, oh, that's weird. So picked him back up again and stuck my finger in his mouth and he was chewing on a thumbtack. Wow. So not through, I mean, these things happen, right? But he didn't swallow it. But what if he had, it could have killed him. Mm. And I wouldn't have, I had no idea. So I wouldn't have known why he was suddenly, yeah, I mean, awful just to think about it. I don't have a an answer to this. It's just that's something that nearly happened. And if it if it had happened, and and as a parent, I've probably got way too many moments like that that I. <laughs> yeah, well, we, yeah. we all would, I, I, however good a parent you are. We probably walk through the world in this kind of unseen haze of terrible things happening if, you know, just a slight adjustment was made to what was going on around us. And equally as well, I suppose, 
most of the really bad, you know, you're thinking, thinking about cancer, that it's the, you know, that, that little accident of one cell that, that would in a billion other times have been obliterated in an instant or not have thrived. It just gets, gets hold and survives and then starts multiplying. That one rogue cell. And I assume we all have multiple rogue cells that don't multiply. And we're each of us the product of one, one particular egg and one particular sperm that a, a fraction of a, a moment later would have been a different sperm. And I assume that that means a different person, does it? This is turning into a Monty Python episode now. <laughs> so if that's the moment I didn't know, the moment that didn't happen and didn't change my life, What's a moment that did? I went first. Your turn. For me, they tend to be the big moments, and and I have talked about some of them at least during previous seasons. You know, being sat down by my spiritual advisor and being told basically he was booting me out of the seminary, which booted my whole life off in a different direction in that instant. Or getting a phone call and my brother telling me that our sister was dead. Yes. You know, those, those, those fraction of a moment and the sort of giddy feeling that very sort of cinematic thing, rather like that shot in Jaws when the police chief is sitting on the beach and suddenly the, you know, he sees what's going on in the sea and, and the camera changes its focus, kind of zooms in on him. The world feels like that in those moments, for me anyway. Yeah, you know, I suppose a medical diagnosis is one of those things. Isn't it? And, and, the, and I think with a medical diagnosis, often it's the discrepancy between the, the business-like way in which it's conducted and the terrible feeling of your life being rent asunder. However compassionate the person is delivering the news, you feel like they are doing their job. You know, they might be doing it well, but they're still doing something that that this is what they do. They tell people that they've got cancer or they've lost their baby or, you know, the baby's been diagnosed with something or, you know, whatever it might be. I've had a few of those moments and I don't know that I've ever thought, oh, this is your job. Certainly when when I got my cancer diagnosis, I remember feeling quite distracted that there were two of them in the room and thinking, I don't think they send in two people. That's not good. <laughs> to, yes. I don't think they send in two people to say, no problem, it's just a cyst, you can go home now. <laughs> so I was kind of thinking about that and I was looking at my husband thinking, they'd also said, bring your husband if you want to this appointment, bring a support person. Again, not a great sign beforehand. So I remember looking at him and thinking, I wonder if he's also thinking, I bet there's two pe-. So I was going down this path of, um, I suppose it was a self-distraction mechanism. Yeah, sort of dissociation really, isn't it? Mm. Where you're looking at the situation a little bit from outside. Maybe that's a coping mechanism, a way of dealing with, because if you just allowed it to reach in and pull out your heart, I'm not sure that you'd survive the the encounter, really, would you? Mm, I like your idea that it's your viewpoint changes like a movie. Mm. I think that's true. I remember after my sister died, for months and months and months, I had this very odd feeling that it was it was like I was at an angle to the universe. I just felt peculiar, off balance all of the time. And I think it's not... I'm not the first person to say one of the strange things that happens when something has changed you so fundamentally 
is surprised that everybody else hasn't noticed it. You go for a walk, you go and get your coffee, and the person selling you the coffee doesn't realise that the world is different. I think it was William James who said something about it's one of the characteristics of the human mind that once it's changed its shape, it can never go back to the shape that it was in before. You know, it's like you've, your world has changed permanently. You, you're never going back to know, not to know what it's like to have that experience. I quite like the concept of the new normal. And for a concept that I quite like and I'm talking about, I don't know a huge amount about it. My understanding is that you're never going to go back to normal, but you'll find again the new normal where this thing has happened and you've processed it and and that becomes your normal. Yeah, we do have great adaptive powers, don't we? We can get used to doing things differently. I was reflecting on this last time I wore a mask this morning, I think. And just imagining that if you'd taken someone from two years ago and shown them a glimpse of the way that we have been living, the way that we are living, and automatically reaching for a mask and checking in and all of that, it would be mind-blowing. You know, we've had a long time to get used to it, but we have got used to it, most of us. I think if you took someone from the start of March 2020 and jumped them forward even a month, they'd probably have been been knocked over and staggered. And we've really spent the last few years all processing that as a society. And I suppose there's a moment there, isn't there? There must be right back in the origins of this thing, there must have been a a weird little moment that had it not happened, this entire thing would perhaps not have occurred, or at least not now. I mean, they tell us that it was increasingly likely and that we should be prepared for this sort of thing. But They did, but I never thought it would happen any more than... I don't know, a massive earthquake in California. It's one of those mm. those things that you know is going to happen, but you just don't think it will, or I didn't anyway. And if some dude had sneezed in a different direction, maybe yeah. <laughs> we, we'd all be um, surprised. We, yeah, we wouldn't now be standing by the door saying to my teenagers as they head out, got your phone, got your, got your train pass, got your mask, got your hand yeah. sand. Yeah. <laughs> So this season we're talking about the moments that people knew. What did they know? Well, that's part of the the attraction for me is how different each one of these experiences is. And we don't want to give too much away because it really is about that moment and hearing that person recounting their experience. But first up, we've got Sarah, an amazing story about a major health challenge. I'll put it as vaguely as that. But we've also got people fighting authority and overcoming substance abuse and depression. When you think about Sarah's episode, do you think about butterflies or blowjobs? <laughs> butterflies, strangely enough, butterflies and blowjobs. Well, I think you've just named the episode, haven't you? <laughs> if that isn't enticing, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> so coming soon, butterflies and blowjobs. Tune in next week. <laughs>